Bad in a Podcast, sponsored by Flyro. Podcast, what is going on? Look quickly before we start this piece of audio gold. I quickly want to tell you about Garden Club, GDN Club. It's available right now. As part of membership, you'll get a weekend breakfast podcast inspiring you while you eat your cornflakes to get outside into the garden. You'll also get a monthly behind-the-scenes video with a make-to-create gardening idea to do with the family you'll get the digital version and the audio version of the how to get kids gardening book you'll get a private and exclusive community area which means that you can share ideas with other members of the club and instant access to me which means you'll be able to message me and i will instantly get back to you answering your questions it's all available right now for 39.99 a year which is about three pound 30 a month which i don't think is too bad all of this supports getting kids into gardening and supports the podcast too plus if you are a school and a teacher that means you get it for free so there's access to absolutely everything from garden club free for teachers if it sounds like something you'd like to be part of or want to find out more hit up skinnygenegardener.co.uk forward slash gdn now let's get on with the podcast I feel like tonight could be quite a heavy show after what Twitter has been pushing at me for the past uh six however many hours uh, eight hours uh, since i mentioned that we we're going to talk about pete tonight not tom not waterman not andre not k not crouch pete for gardening obviously uh, <laughs> so thanks so much to everyone that's joined me tonight i'm gonna to need your help there's gonna be a few articles that i'm gonna go through i personally want to find out more about why Pete is still being used. Ironically, one of the articles that I've brought up is from 2011. Remember 2011? It was almost 10 years ago. We're still talking about it 10 years later. When I first started gardening, when I first got into it, I remember that this being quite a big thing. And because I'm in kids' gardening, I don't really delve into this too much. The reason that it's come about in my... um, in my sort of provision, provision, whatever the in my eyes eyeline again, is because uh, I am doing a school garden uh, plan for schools in 2021. Part of that is that we're going to be sending out compost to schools, which means that I've looked into it quite a bit, and this has come up, peat or peat free, and. Obviously, it's give me the question now, and I'm going to give it to you, is why have I even still got the choice at the moment to, and I say at the moment, we could be looking at another 10 years, I don't know, why have I still got the choice between Pete and Pete Free? Uh, it was mentioned on last night's show, hey everyone, that's not usually here by the way, uh, we're here every Monday to Thursday, 8 till 10. What's going on? Uh, you can call in 0742 357 4520 or you can click the link and literally be zapped into the conversation right here on the screen. So if you've got any thoughts about Pete, if you want the, the gardening, 
if you've got any thoughts about that, then I'd love to hear from you tonight because um, I'm not saying I want to get to the bottom of it, but I would love to know more about what we're looking at here. And, uh, and hopefully you guys uh, can help out along the way. But yeah, because I'm doing this garden project thing, um, the plan for 2021, I think, I think it's really important, especially if we're dealing with children and getting children gardening and telling them uh, what they need to do. Uh, maybe this is the start of something uh, by getting kids to know that we should be going peat-free. So when they finally become gardeners at the, the ripe old age of 32, like me, uh, that they'll know that peat-free is the way to go. Like I said, when I first started seven years ago, the same conversation was going on. Ironically, like I said, some of the questions uh, and some of the articles that I brought up in a little bit of light research, I'll be honest with you, light research, I also I'll go through the Twitter messages later on as well, um, really got people talking, really got people talking uh, over uh, on there. Uh, I'll come back to that, that comment in a second. Um John's not coming on tonight. Mark did send me a email for John. He's not coming on. I did listen, very funny enough, I'm not going to be the first podcaster to talk about Pete. Uh, I actually listened to a podcast from Sarah Wilson, who had John on their podcast. She had a John on to talk about it a, over a year ago. It's very funny that that podcast uh, was talking about, well, hopefully next year something will come in. And obviously we're coming to the end of 2020 now and nothing's happened. Nothing has happened. Uh, so if you want to come on and talk about it, tell me your... Um, Suggers started spoke about Pete as well, sure. I should have, should have checked yours out, Suggers. Um, if you want to come on and talk about it, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to, to um, find out a bit more. Because the biggest thing, the biggest problem I've got with it is that I can go and buy it still. In fact, if I went down to one of my big sheds, I wouldn't know if I'm buying peat or peat-free. There's nothing to distinguish really massively between them. Uh, here's one man that might be able to help us. It's a friend of the show. Mark Mackie, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, do you know what? I'm a bit, I'm a bit worried about this one tonight because everyone's very, um, well, everyone's got a bit of a, an opinion on this one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. Um, I must admit, I mean, as a horticulturalist, um, I've had to do a bit of research to work out what it's all about. Because mm. I mean, I started um, working in a production nursery in 1993, 1994. Yeah. We grew a million plants a year two, three litre shrubs, um, which were um, just sort of landscaping type plants. And we used peat. But even back then, there was a call to reduce the amount of peat that we used. Wow. And we started mixing bark in at a rate of about 20%. Um, and, um, you know, even back then, there was a, um, uh, you know, a, a, an understanding that peat is a finite resource. Um, now, it, it, if you want, I, I can set the scene about peat because peat first started to be created 12,000 years ago 
as the glaciers moved away, what happened was mosses and ferns, they started to get submerged. So peat is created where organic matter doesn't rot down because it's covered in water. Now, water stops all the bacteria and the fungi from breaking it down into really fine particles. So you get this lovely spongy mix. Um, and, and it's this spongy mix that the Romans used to harvest peat from Somerset to burn. And even still now, peat is used as a, a fuel. Um, Finland burns peat um, uh, in power stations because they have such massive resources of it. So I think one of the key things here is that we have thought, because currently 2% of the planet is covered in peat, 2% of all the land mass is peat. So right. we've thought it's, a, it's an infinite resource. And now we're realizing as science moves forward that it is a finite resource. Peat takes a peat bog, it takes one year to create one millimeter of peat. Oh, wow. So although some people say, yes, it is very slowly sustainable, let's be honest, it ain't now sustainable. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, another fun fact for you is that um, in Russia, the biggest peat bog is the size of France and Germany combined. Wow, really? So there are these massive areas of peat. Um, but the thing is, peat is the biggest carbon sink in the world. So all these plants that sit in there, all these mosses, all these fungi, uh, not fungi, sorry, all, all these plants, they take in oxygen. Sorry, they take in CO2, they give out oxygen, they rot down and rot down and rot down, and that creates a carbon sink. So mm -hmm. by taking peat out, by drying it, by extracting it, by burning it, by using it as a growing medium, that releases all the CO2 back up into the um, atmosphere. I mean, all this stuff that I've got tonight is literally just after half an hour on Wikipedia. So it's, it's yep. stuff that everybody knows. So peat is not really sustainable. It's not really, um, uh, you know, good for the environment to use it. But the thing is with horticulture is it's so easy to use and it is a known factor. Now, if, if a massive nursery went peat free, they would have to change all their watering cycles, all their feeding cycles, all their production cycles, which can be done. So mm. in my opinion, it's a bit of apathy, really. And also when you buy peat based compost in the, in the garden centre, most people that buy a compost, they don't know how it works to that extent. So they do use peat free quite easily and not really worry too much about, you know, if it dries out, you give it more water. If the plant looks tired, you give it a bit of a feed. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, peat is, is, is not good. Not good at all. Obviously, to the garden, it's quite a big expense if they've got to change all the watering and things like that, which they're not going to do if peat is still allowed to be around. And probably, wise, understandably, like if I was a garden centre, peat was still allowed to be about, and you've got to spend, I don't know how much, or sorting all them sort of bits out, probably quite a few thousand or whatever, you probably mm. wouldn't, especially in... Yeah especially in the position everyone's in at the moment. Yeah, I mean, th th that's part of the issue is that um, lots of peat-free compost, you've got to treat differently. Now, mm. you need to learn how to use those, which is, is, is not that difficult to do, um, uh, but it does require changing things. It does require a, a bit of oomph. At the moment, um, the UK horticulture industry that use a lot of peat, they're, they're, they are moving very slowly towards reducing peat rather than just 
banning it and let's say right let, let, let's start using peat-free because there are some brilliant peat-free composts out there um I mean, i've seen on your um twitters today there's been loads of people recommending um dalefoot and melcor and, and and you know all these companies that have some really good consistent peat-free composts and um, back in the day 20 years ago peat-free composts were a bit of a nightmare because they were lots of green waste that wasn't rotted down correctly and they had all sorts of bits and pieces in them and they got a bad name hmm. now that bad name is not nowadays nowadays there are brilliant peat-free consistent reliable composts that, that that can be used um but I, I think there's just apathy amongst the big sort of growers it's almost like and i don't really want to compare it too much to this but it's a bit almost like um alcohol-free beer like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when that first came out, yeah, awful. Now yeah. it's all right. Like, yeah, but it's but the the difference is that zero uh, percent alcohol has become fashionable, and yeah. I don't feel that. Um, I don't really feel like peat freeze either become fashionable or it's just out there as much. It's more expensive though, right? Um, I don't think so. No, I mean, the, the, the prices of composts are, are, are so varied. And if you buy compost from a garden centre, they might have a promotion on, they might be selling something which is the normal retail price. And the normal retail price of a, of a peat compost is very similar to a peat free compost. Um, mm. So just try and buy savvy. Um, and um, yeah, no, I, I don't think it is any more expensive, really. It might be to big nurseries that are going to be buying, you know, tons of the stuff lorry loads of the stuff um but if there's the demand the production will increase the price will go down that's just the laws of you know uh, supply and demand um so um yeah it, it, it is apathy it is people not realizing how important peat is to our, our environment and peat bogs in particular and how they need to be preserved they need to be looked after like i say it's the biggest carbon sink the world has so we need to stop draining them, drying them out, digging them up, burning them and, and, and all that sort of thing. Um, but and especially for a gardener, you know, there are so many alternatives out there. And also peat is, is, is actually pretty rubbish used in soil. You should never put peat in soil um, because it, it's just not really meant to be there. It doesn't it doesn't lighten the soil. It doesn't really do anything to it. It will probably just sort of you know dry off and blow away. You know, if you're talking about gardening in soil, then you know there are so many better things that you can use like farmyard manure and um you know other soil amendments um that, that, that are out there um it's really sort of you know i mean peat is used a lot in um producing energy where people burn it finland is a bit a big place that does that america still does it ireland you can still buy peat blocks in the local news agent to 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 to, to burn on your um uh, on your on your fire and uh, I, I i don't know if you're, you're you're a whiskey drinker at all but you know the peatiness the 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 flavor of peaty whiskey and um, that's where they use peat to um dry the barley the malted barley and it's the smell of the peat as it burns that gives that peatiness uh, to it so peat is used in a lot of different areas um you know garden centers and horticulture are probably probably not huge i don't have the figures but they're, they're, they're probably not huge in the use of peats uh, uh, overall but even still we don't need to be using it because there are other alternatives there are better alternatives it's just tradition that people have used peat is convenient i mean peat is so light as well which really helps i mean when i was growing a million plants a year pops this big we put 12 of them in a tray and we carry them out we'd be we'd, you know, a million of them 
I was fit back then <laughs> when I had a proper job. Um, so, you know, it is a brilliant growing media substrate. But um, as the great Bob Flowerdew talked about peat, he says that peat should be licensed to people that are specifically growing ericaceous plants, of which that is the, the substrate, that is the media that they are designed to grow in. So probably, you know, 5% of UK growers should be allowed to use peat, the ones that are exclusively growing ericaceous plants. Um, but um, let's stop burning it. Peat must help, though. Obviously, obviously, it's in in there for a reason, right? So it must obviously really boost your plants. Yeah, I mean, peat holds on to moisture really well, and also there there, there are ways in which um, if a plant is waterlogged, the peat will actually remove the moisture away from the plant root, so plants survive better. Um, it holds on to nutrients really well, um, uh, and uh, um, yeah, I mean, it is a brilliant growing substrate. But there are better, there are other ones out there, um, possibly better ones with a bit more research um, uh, and not so much research. But if you change the way you grow plants, change the way you feed them, water them, look after them. Um, yeah, I mean, Peter's, Peter's had its day. We know yeah. so much now about how important it is to the environment that, you know, we don't need to be using it in pot growing production as much um, unless it's ericaceous plants then you know then there is a good reason to use it but that's a, a fraction of you know the sort of um, number of plants that are grown in in the whole of the UK yeah I feel like we're I feel like with this whole um, like peat subject but we're a bit of a pivotal moment right now because it's been talked about for so many years but now I've and I wrote about this earlier um, for an article about 2021 being the year of new gardeners like this year people were almost forced into gardening a little bit to get out there but next year you're going to have a lot more people jumping on it early um yeah of this year so this peat free going peat free probably needs to get to them people who are new gardeners who probably don't even think about it like would never even look at a bag and even think to even check that so next year's pretty pivotal in this whole go and peak free thing right definitely i mean they, they, they reckon there are about three million new gardeners because of lockdown because we've been locked in our houses um and um the garden centers should be offering these new gardeners peak free first so mm. they get to know how to use it um uh yeah i mean most new gardeners obviously they're, they're just going to go for something that's you know a decent price and you know and but mind you i mean you, that's maybe too harsh because I found that a lot of the new gardeners out there are being really savvy about the stuff they're buying. Um, yeah. they're, they're not buying chemicals. They're not buying animal derived um, fertilizers and things like that because they they might be vegan. They might be you know wanting to feed their family. You don't really want to put a bit of fish blood and bone meal down around your, your tomatoes when you're going to feed that to your kids. Um, so hopefully, and you know, I'm optimistic that you know with all, all, all the stuff that's going on about the environment, that people will just pick up their smartphone when they're looking at compost in a garden center and go, right, what are my options? Uh, and and they'll they'll look at people yeah hopefully do you think um do you think like the bag would like actually say this because obviously at the moment i don't think I've, i i even when i first started garden seven years ago there was petitions going about about ban and peat and that's not happening i don't particularly know why that's never happened or i don't really know why it's never gone through the amount of times people have talked about it i don't know 
We've got an answer for that. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, I, uh, Sarah Venn um, uh, uh, tweeted you uh, earlier and alluded to to that is that the um, the peat lobby, the people that that um, uh, you know have these great big peat bogs which they own or have massive leases on, they're 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 pretty um, wealthy individuals with uh, the, the 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 peat bogs of their investments along with their grouse moors and shooting rights and things like that. So the peat lobby is quite powerful out there. Um, they want things to say the same. They want us to carry on using peat because it makes them so much money. Um, and um, yeah, so it, it's it, it, it's apathy in the industry, I think. And, and you know, it's, um, I don't know, it, it's, um, it's like if you run a business, you're being asked to change 50% of the way you do something overnight. And that's going to make you scared. You, know, you want to, and what they should have started doing 10 years ago is doing massive trials in the nurseries with these new peat-free uh, peat composts. And then they will know how to switch over. Um, and um, you know, I, I, I have a, a sneaky suspicion that if you if you learn how to use these composts well, um, uh, you can probably use less fertilizers. You can start using more biological type products, um, you know, like uh, bacteria and fungi and uh, amino acids and you know the, the more natural types of products. And you'll probably get better results because you, you're mimicking how good soils work rather than peat, which is pretty it's a lifeless inert substrate it's almost a bit like hydroponics you've got to put something into it um i'm like i i used to mix um peat composts in um, the, the nursery i started in god knows how long ago we had this great big mug, mug spreader um, which was converted so it's about the size of a double decker bus in length and i would put buckets three cubic meter buckets of compost in there using a manatee digger and then jump into the back of it and put in lime and trace elements and osmocote slow release fertilizer more compost on the top and then press a button and it would start mashing it up at the back and you put water into it to make sure it's got the right moisture content you always i've mixed these stuff um it was um it, it, it's a brilliant grow media but it is completely lifeless completely inert it's, it, it's like hydroponics almost um, so you've got to put everything in. Whereas if we started to grow using other materials that mimic soil rather than, you know, are just substrates, um, I think we'd probably grow better plants in the in the long run. Yeah. But it's a big, big cultural change. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, and um, I don't, I'm not going to say that I'm going to push it. I mean, I've got a lot, a lot going on, but I feel like it does need to be something to... to um... I don't know, maybe get it out there more. This year they did like free April, I think, April peat free or something. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if they did that. If this is a, a yearly thing, to be honest with you, but I saw it pop up. And, yeah. uh, you know, and after today's tweet, obviously there's a, a big support for it. There's a big back and for people talking about it. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about it every now and again. And, you know, I'm sure there are people that will pick up the baton and, and um, there, 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 there are going to be people out there that are talking about it. And, and like I say, I, I have a lot of faith in the, this next generation of gardeners that they're, they're not going to be silly. They're going to walk into a garden centre and they're going to look, oh, bone meal, don't use that. Or they're going to look like, oh, that's a chemical fertiliser, don't want to use that. They're going to look at bags of compost and go, that one says peat free. What's all this peat about? And they'll Google it and within minutes they'll find it. And they'll understand. This, this is going to be the beautiful thing. I keep we keep coming back to this thing that I'm bringing together next year is uh, that the, the schools are going to get peak free, so they're going to learn. The kids are going to learn about that sort of thing um, at a primary school age. So 
Like the thought is that in the future they'll obviously be able to um, know about it, and it won't even be it won't even be a thought. It won't even be sitting some in thirty two years time. Some cool streamer will not be uh, sitting here talking about it. Hopefully, well, hopefully those kids will say to their parents when they're at the garden centre after they've signed up to your um, uh, scheme, "Why are you buying Pete, Mummy, Daddy? You shouldn't be buying Pete." And that's exactly. great of getting through. You got it, Mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, mate, thanks so much for calling in, dude. That's all right. I really appreciate it. He's come inside the house tonight. I know, yeah, keeping it warm. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. This is, this is Laura. This is Mrs. Mackey. Hey, oh, I'm so sorry to take him away from you every night, honestly. Yeah, well, I did say that I'm, I'm calling him uh, you, his boyfriend in his shed. I've <laughs> uh, been called worse, so don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have a lovely evening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Right. Bye bye. Here we go, everyone. Uh, Mark on the show. Uh, another person that I, I take away from uh, his wife every evening is this guy. <laughs> uh, a bit more. It's Mr. Richard Sugger. Hello, Sugger. Hello, mate. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, fella. Not too bad. Um, good, good, good. I didn't know. I, didn't, I mean, I feel like I'm I'm weighing in on this whole Pete Pete free thing a little bit late, but it's just coming to my attention. Like I said to to Mark earlier, because um, because obviously I'm looking at I'm getting a lot of not Pete. <laughs> I mean, I should, I should um, yeah, I mean, I looked into it about two years ago because I had a question from a listener who was asking, "What is the problem with Pete?" And he's because he, he he didn't know if it was bad for the environment or was it just bad for the plants? Because when we say we shouldn't be using it, I think he didn't quite understand why we shouldn't be using it. Yeah. So I went into that, and what Mark said was exactly what I discovered and my research concluded. So he took that bit away from me, thankfully, and uh, put it in a much better English than what I could have done, and sounded more confident with it too. <laughs> <laughs> But what what I um I wanted to say actually I this year I went into home base during the first lockdown back in about April May time, and I noticed they had peat free compost and peat compost next to each other. Both the bags looked exactly the same, both exactly the same price. Yeah, just one was peat free. So I bought two of the peat free and one of the one bags containing peat. Planted tomatoes into it and done that as an experiment to see if there was any difference there was no difference at all in how the tomatoes grew well that's and it was exactly the same price exactly the same price i don't know if i'm allowed to mention the shop this doesn't matter Wait, <laughs> uh, so that is interesting because if it's exactly the same price then mm. why and obviously what we find and obviously tonight and what we all, all know already is um is peat is not good to be harvested the way it is, then why? I wonder why they just didn't go going totally peat free. I remember, I think it might have been five, six years ago, Alan Titchmarsh chimed in and sort of said, actually, there's never been anything as good as peat for your compost mixes. <laughs> and it didn't go down well, if I remember correctly. But back then, we didn't know so much about things like coir and um, coconut husk, I think, is being used as a, a peat substitute. Yeah. But now, 
I think we've we've learned a lot more, and I do actually think that the peat free substitutes are just as good. Hmm. Is it a case of like I talked about? Oh, this has been like I have got an article somewhere on on the screen that I'll show later on. That is literally from ten years ago. I think it might have been from the OHS saying we need to stop using it. Is it a case of back then we knew it, we didn't have a replacement? It has took ten years to get a decent replacement. Possibly, it's quite possible that is the case, and I still think some people don't believe it's quite as good. Mm. So we've got to got to get that information out there. But if I make compost at home. Now, it's not quite the same as multi-purpose compost, granted, but I use it in my beds, and it does just as good a job. Mm, yeah. And there's no peat in that. So, so if we're all making our own compost, we're already peat-free. That is actually very true. <laughs> um, <laughs> technically, I've been, I've been totally peat-free this year, mate, so uh, without really even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, it's a really good point, man. And um, yeah, I'm just wondering what, what can be done to, I don't know, maybe making it cooler. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I wonder why it's not been banned. I think, I mean, it's the same as, let's say, petrol in cars. There's yeah. there's not been a good substitute or something as good. Plus, there's a lot of money behind the companies behind the things. Mm. Um, but again, I always believe that these companies, they're led by profits. You turn around and stop buying their product, they'll 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 move. They'll adjust. We've just yeah. got to get everybody onto that same bandwagon. It's funny because to put a tweet out about it today, and people were saying there are some some companies that have gone peat free, but still also sell peat products. And people were saying that their peat free stuff's great, but because yeah. they're still selling the peat stuff, they're like, no, I'm not not going to use you. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's I think is not quite the way to do it. I don't think. I think we should be encouraging the peat free mm. uh, where we can. And think, as, as soon as they start seeing sales of peat free go up, they'll be like, "Well, we could probably get rid of peat." Yeah, yeah. The more the more money the peat free makes, or the more and the less money peat makes, the less they're going to use it. Yeah, Ian. Ian and. Uh, Tinton in the comments says climate change committee who advised government wants sales of horticultural peat to end by 2023. Uh, Defra soil and peat policy specialist will continue to wait until 2030. Another 10 so years. Another 10 years. Hmm. It's 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 it what does happened? seem a bit too slow, but. And I still think that people don't believe the peat free stuff is as good. I think no. I, to be honest, I think even this year it's had a pretty from what only what I see on social it gets a pretty bad rap in some places. Yeah, it does. It does, and I think there, there's a lot of I want to say old time gardeners, and I don't mean that in a a bad way, but because they've used it for years and it's tried and tested, and they've seen results, and what they've tried in the past hasn't been as good they're a bit reluctant to change over mm. just yet. But that, that, so here's the thing with that, right, is that say we leave another 10 years, we're going to have a big... We're gonna, I mean, people are a little bit more... I don't. This is no disrespect to older people. 
which I always seem to offend somehow. Me People, too. Young, not even youngsters, are we? Uh, our generation, thank you, uh, <laughs> is a bit, maybe a bit more thoughtful about this sort of thing. I was about to say, in, if, it, if we wait another 10 years, then it's going to be the same situation, then we have to wait another 10 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it just continually be a range of gardeners that will be like, now I've always used this, I'm not going to change. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's that's our generation that can be doing that. Unfortunately, I think even people in our generation aren't aren't quite aware of what's going on with Pete and why it's so bad. And I personally had never heard of Pete in my life yeah. before I started gardening. And I'm pretty sure don't be too harsh on my mates. Let's say sixty percent of them <laughs> would never have heard of Pete. I mean, it, it's not just used in gardening, although that's one of the biggest uses of it. Uh, but as, as um, Mark said earlier, it's, it's used for burning fuel. It's It's got a number of other uses. And it mm. is actually very, very good at what it does. And it does regenerate itself. It does reform itself. But it reforms at such a slow rate. And the rate that we mine it at... Yeah, it just doesn't have the chance. If it's not used and it's just left, it'll it'll recover eventually. Yeah, um, it's obviously it is obviously really, and then also, can, I mean, Mark said earlier that two percent of the world is covered in it, so we've got quite a bit. But two percent doesn't seem like a lot. Not really. Not when you think. Was it three quarters of a planet is covered in water? Well, that, yeah. Like that. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's a bit scary, really. It's sort of this also sort of comes back to what we our little um chat about kiss the ground, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Definitely related to that. All sort of circles around the same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um about looking after our planet and and thinking about it. But like I say, like I'll do a test over the weekend to see how many people I uh, speak to on the phone uh, yeah. friend wise and family wise know about Pete and whether yeah. it's something they actually think about. Because at the moment, like I say, I can go down to um, the sheds or garden, even garden centres and not really be able to tell the difference between bags of what's what. You really have to well, look. Well, that, that's the thing that surprised me about the home base uh, compost. Both bags were identical, except one had peat free written on it. That's mm. the only difference. And it, if I wasn't paying attention... I could have easily got the wrong one. Yeah, there's something later on in the show. Someone sent me in something their son did. Uh, a, they did a little project about Pete, and uh, he he made on the computer a compost bag uh, for Pete mm -hmm. that had the same warning labels. I thought it was quite a good idea. Same warning labels as cigarette packet. Yeah, not yeah. A bad idea. Not a bad idea. Um, but people aren't going to like it. No, I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a manufacturer, stuff, not, yeah. not a thing. But then, uh, it's you know, smoking's not good for you. Yeah. Rip, uh, the peat bogs are not great. Not great either. No, no. Well, I mean, the other thing to consider is what is being used to replace peat. Hmm. Because how do we know that's not going to be just as bad? 
Um, and this is something that when uh, sugar was, it's not bad, but the sugar tax came along and drinks started using something else. Yeah, We don't know in 10 years' time that that's something else, that other sweetener is going to cause more problems. And I also worry the same about Pete. Is the replacement going to be worse? Is it going to be safer? It's a... Um... It's, yeah. it's a really good point, mate. And uh, <laughs> I suppose, like anything, like anything, isn't it? It's um, you get rid of one problem, and I think in any situation, you'll always begin a new problem. Yeah, without a yeah. doubt, it will always happen. Um, I think, think, I think life is just constant firefighting, mate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no. it, especially if you're a firefighter. <laughs> special well, 100% so much on the uh thanks mate um no worries um for that uh and your thoughts on that yeah it's a t it's a real it's a real tough one and like i say i don't i don't necessarily think i'm like uh, i won't be talking about peak free all the time and that but i feel like at least doing it around schools and, and at least letting them know about it is a good a good start i suppose yeah and i but i think it's important that we tell the kids the reason why beat was used mm. and why it's so bad no they're probably um, no, not even no i mean i mean i don't really know what maybe i'm being harsh on the population or maybe i just think everyone's the same as me but i don't know how many people even know about peat bogs is that just me yeah. is it an essex thing it might be an essex thing <laughs> I mean, I, I, I knew about them, but I knew about them, but I've always been reading up on these sort of things anyway. So, yeah, um, well, I, I'm coming, uh, I'm putting myself in the position of someone that is completely oblivious. I'm playing that part. That's, that's the life. best way to do it, though, if you want to get this information across. Yeah. True story, man. Yeah. Um, thanks, man. For no worries. And um, I'll see you soon. Appreciate you, it, mate. Have a nice good one. one. Cheers. There we go. Richard Suggett uh, telling me uh, what he thinks about um, about Pete and non-Pete. It's a really good point, isn't it? Uh, that it is like anything. We get rid of one problem if we ban Pete. Then is the new thing going to be a problem in the future? I think generally, if we think too too much into that, then we're constantly never going to get anything done. But um, but we know. I think what we're finding here is we know that, uh, that these peat bogs are an important team. Loads of you have commented, and you can comment throughout tonight's show. You can also. Uh, be zapped into the conversation just like uh, Mark and Richard tonight. So please do click the link there and you too can be zapped into the screen or call us on 0742 357 4520. Let me just interrupt this podcast by saying that this podcast is sponsored by Flymo. Yes, Flymo. If like me, you've had that final cut of the lawn and the lawnmower is stored away in the shed, that doesn't mean that gardening stops. 
And that also doesn't mean that Flymo don't have some amazing products to help you out throughout the winter. One thing that I absolutely love is the Sealink 20 volt Combi Pack 3 in 1. It's an interchangeable, lightweight, and easy to use 3 in 1 gardening tool. You've got a grass trimmer, a hedge trimmer and a blower which especially at this time of year when I've got loads of leaves in the garden is absolutely perfect for me. You know me, I absolutely love Flymo. They're an affordable and quality tool which when they're cordless like this makes it so much easier just to get out of the shed and just get out there and get gardening. If you head over to flymo.com right now, it's free delivery on all orders over 45 quid. And so if you want to continue your garden adventure throughout winter, that is the place to head to. Right, let's continue the podcast. Hello. Hello, it's Ian Tinton calling. Hey, mate, how you doing? All right, not too bad. Two years ago, mate. I can't believe it was two years ago when I saw you. <laughs> That's bonkers, isn't it? It really is, man. It really is. <laughs> Uh, Ian, thanks so much for calling in because um, I feel like you know a lot more than I do about this. Well, I mean, I've specialised in selling. I started a business with just six bags, uh, six products from Dalfoot six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, and I actually physically sell the product to people. I don't leave it on a pallet. We go around and use farmers markets and plant fairs and uh, slightly larger shows. And we have open bags of compost that people can put their hands in. Mm-hmm. Well, well, do you know what? I think when I first met you, that was the first time I really even thought about it, to be honest with you. But how come there's not more people like you going about, mate? It's um, a good question. I don't know. I mean, when I first saw the product uh, at uh, the Glee trade show, I stuck my hand in the bag, gave, it a really good, gave the product a really good squeeze, crumbled it away, I thought I could sell it. Yeah. Um, I have a background in sales. I used to sell container loads of drinking glasses. <laughs> and seven months later, I was the owner of six pallets of Dalfoot compost. And I went to my first farmer's market, working on the basis that if people want to know where their pork chops were grown, they might want to know what soil and stuff they were foraging around in. Mm. And then we've just grown from there. Have you, have you found that many people really know about it when you start talking about it to them? No, not really. I think the big question is labelling on on the bags. You know, uh, you know, Pete is in lots of bags, um, and if it's not labelled correctly, or it's or it's uh, the, the print is too small. I mean, the bottom bottom line from from my approach to the product is: for years I've been going into garden centres, nobody's ever tried to sell me a bag of compost. They might have tried to sell me some box hedging. Um, some herbaceous plants and stuff, but they just leave the compost on pallets as a passive, inert pile of bags. Hmm. It's not really. I a... might be wrong. I might have been unlucky over the last thirty odd years. But um, when I speak to customers face to face and I say, "Has someone tried to sell you a bag of compost or explain what's in it?" Uh, you know, generally speaking, the answer is no. They said we just look. It's it's three for ten. Well, yes, that's it. That's, I mean, I'll be. I'm totally honest with you. That's all I've ever looked. <laughs> I've ever looked at, really. Yeah, well, that's you know, just the way it is. Hmm. And you're it, sorry. That's all right. I always, I always try and use my obviously because I'm in the industry now. Like I'm meeting people like you, and obviously talking about it, it makes me think a lot more about what I'm buying. 
but I always use my mate Jason as an example because he's got a garden, but he he does a little bit of gardening. But he he is one of them people that would walk into a garden centre or walk into one of the the big stores and just pick up of the cheapest and and go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah. it's them sort of people we need to really aim for, really. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, the, you know, obviously when I started training mainly in farmers market, and there's still a big route to getting new customers for me. Um, the average age of my customer bases for the first two to three years was probably the wrong side of seventy. <laughs> but I changed them. That that they must be the hardest ones to change, right? Um. Well, they they've got more. They're older than me, so they've got more knowledge. But all you do is you get a plastic bag. And you scoop some out of the bag and say, "Okay, go and grow some seeds in this compost." Yeah. Well, go and you know fill your hanging basket with this, <laughs> and and you you put it out there. Yeah. You you don't challenge people in an an aggressive way. You say, "Look, here's an option. Give it a go. Challenge your skill set to use a peat-free growing medium." And and Dalefoot seems to be one that I because I I put it out and you I, you um comment on it earlier but Dalefoot seems to be the one that a lot of people are talking about um, again from public information uh, Dalefoot sold 700,000 bags last year or sorry this year so far wow. um, I don't know if that includes their bulk bag business I'm not privy to that but I know they, they published the fact that they sold 700,000 bags Um I'm see, I'm different from a garden centre. So, so I I move my shop front around uh, around uh, the, the counties. Yeah. Um, so when I get a customer, they're my customer. They don't necessarily go anywhere else. Once I sign them up at the farmers market, the orders come through to me on email, and away we go and deliver. Yeah. Um, so we're a little bit say exclusive. But, you know, we, we're mainly domestic, uh, keen domestic gardeners is our customer base. And people that who are realising now that, you know, climate breakdown is happening and they are starting to get more aware. I mean, um, the David Attenborough programme recently where he they followed the invoices of soil from South America. Uh, most of the soil invoices went to China, but the ones that came to England didn't come from the rainforest. They came from the savannah areas north of the rainforest Um, so that's another bit of habitat that's being damaged Um, and with regard to sustainability earlier on um, I think uh, one of the other gentlemen was talking about sustainability well Dalefoot harvest their fleeces uh, uh, as required by the sheep Mm -hmm. are organic so they've not been uh, organic and the bracken they harvest to around about a foot or so in height from about the middle of July onwards, so the plant regrows. Mm. So that's that's sustainable. When you start talking about products that are coming from Asia, the choir-based products, well, you know, sadly with the pandemic, you've got labour issues. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even think about that. To be honest, yeah. well, if you if you'd have been on Amazon uh, during the summer, uh, um, people looking for choir. Uh, for uh, you because know, lots of people like to make their own mixes um, and choir is part of it. So, All right, that's a, that's a good point, um, Ian. That's a really good point. Um, do you uh, before you really got into 
um, selling Dale Foot. Um, did you do? I a lot didn't of... have a business. Be- I didn't have a business, a retail business. Before Were you not even into gardening before that? Yeah, we 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 got a small garden maintenance company. Yeah, but nothing. You know, it's just it's me and one or two other people. So, so did you know it's a massive stuff. difference from going from Pete to Pete Free? Yes, I was. I was. I was. I was really surprised. I'd never used Pete Free before. I bought my first six pallets. Yeah, and um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I looked at the back, read the bag, like most people do or don't do. I don't know. So the first thing I did was give my next door neighbour my slow release seed pellets, my liquid feeds, my water retaining gel, um, and did what it said on the back of the bag. And I haven't bought any of those products since. Amazing. What what do you think, Ian? How do you think this is going to change in the future? How how can it one be promoted better, and also, um, well, yeah, mainly, how is it going to be promoted better more than anything? Because it seems like something that's been going on for quite a while, and now we seem to have a product that is decent, that works, and uh, and it needs to get out there more. Well, uh, I think another thing that came up that was very interesting about the number of people that are gardening for the first time, yeah. or haven't gardened since before they had kids and stuff like that. You know, they've, they've gone, they've gone through their life, their life cycles and such. Um, I think, you know, uh, um, I think the internet has a big part to play and people searching, uh, and I think there is more and more now uh, the willpower from people to find out what they're putting in the garden. If I give you an example. Um, uh, last weekend, I, my sales at a farmer's market were from two returning customers for, for Dalfour products, two new ones, a new customer for Remin Volcanic Rock Dust, and three customers for my own carbon gardening brand. Mm. Now, okay, it's not going to change the world. It's not going to dent 2.1 million. But all these people um, bought into the environmental impacts of, of what they're doing to their own garden. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if 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 people are worried about the rainforest, then why are they buying peat compost? If you really want to be devil's advocate, um, I mean, it's it's a really good point. <laughs> uh, I think I think it also comes down to the um, the knowledge about peat. Full stop. Because I, because, like I said earlier, I don't feel like it was something that I ever knew about before I got into gardening. Well, I've I've been doing a little bit. I would say light research is probably a little bit. Probably spent more evenings locked away in the office than I should have done. But <laughs> trying to find out when peat became a commercial, professional horticultural product for growing vegetable plants and herbaceous plants, you're looking around about the 1950s, right. and then when garden centres got into it, you're looking around about the 1970s. Can't be specific because I've not been able to find any details. But the 1950s figure is really important, the 1950s era, because that's when I think we realised that fossil fuels and our use of them was actually bad, but we just kept it quiet. And then we rediscovered it uh, 25 years ago with this sort of... And now we're on a massive guilt trip and tried to turn the clock back in my Yeah, that's so true. Well, we'll see what happens, Ian. We'll see what happens. Ian, where can people find out about you? Uh, sales at wvgm.co.uk that's the easiest way to contact me because we're either delivering or I'm working in another customer's garden and I don't answer the phone on their time 
<laughs> nice one, mate. Uh, Ian, thanks so much for calling in, mate. Okay, thanks very much. Nice one. Hopefully I'll see you soon. See you later. Cheers. Bye. There we go. Ian calling in. Uh, Tell us what he thinks. Go check him out. Such a nice guy. I remember seeing him. I met him at the Suffolk show two years ago, man. Two years ago. He goes so fast. Um, but there you go. I don't want to, and I feel like we do this a lot. If, you've, if you're new to this show, welcome. We seem to to always come back to garden centers and i don't i don't want to i feel like we might have to if you if you're um if you've got a garden center like like ian said he goes around he and he's pushing pete free it's that's what he's he's, he's doing but he's right if you walk into the garden centers, no one's selling you that it's just on the pallet you go and pick it up Garden centers are great, as we've talked about a lot, telling you about plants, selling you the right plant for the right place. That seems to be something that's just, oh, yeah, pick it up off a pallet. It's fine. It's like, that's almost an, a missed educational point there, right? I don't know. Tell me what you think. 0742 uh, 357 4520 on the phone lines. You can call in uh, just like Ian did. Um, you can also get zapped into the conversation like Mark and Richard did early on by just clicking that link that I've put in the comments. I'd love to hear from you tonight on the show. 45 minutes left of the show tonight, so it'd be great to hear from you. Let's see what the comments are saying tonight because uh, people have been talking about a lot of the comments. I'm also going to go through the Twitter. So many people getting involved. I asked about this, about... Um, the best peat-free compost because there has been a few people saying and even in the comments uh, tonight saying about a few brands just not quite doing it and laura made the i mean i got a message during the break i'll read the message out to you during the break uh, that i got through i won't say who it's from um but during the break uh, a h d b been trialing commercial volumes of peat free and nurseries for about six years they've ruled out green waste compost as the, the component as a component due to its inconsistency cheap peat free compost sold by the peat producers use about 25 percent green waste in their blends so laura's earlier conspiracy theory might not be that far off the mark green waste is a good soil improver but you won't find it in the best peat-free composts. Um, education's probably the biggest thing, isn't it? Educating people, isn't it? I don't think we're ever going to get it banned. The only... I mean, if we were going to get a banned team, it would have happened 10 years ago, right? Sure. If it, was, if it was up there, that makes it sound like I'm saying it's not important. It is really, actually. It's really important. We talk a lot on the show about looking after our planet. And this is just one of those things that, um, that we need to do, isn't it? Let's take a phone call. Hello. Hello, Laura Mackey. Hey. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? You I'm right? Calling... Yeah, I'm good. I'm calling to give the garden uh, centre perspective. Wicked. Thanks so much, Laura. I'm glad you uh, you called back. 
I've been encouraged by said husband. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme fan. <laughs> what are you thinking? Right. Um, well, yeah, Garn Sense has been pushing Pete Free for a long time, um, mm. especially um, when uh, Nicholas Marshall was part of Wyvale. Uh, the leader of Wyville, he was he was always about the P3. Yeah. But with garden centres, we, we increasingly had not enough staff to even run the garden centre, let alone be promoting um, P3 compost or, or compost in general, or being able to have enough staff to actually even water the plants, let yeah. alone uh, advise customers on different um, potting media. It was. It got to the point where we were um, we were so stretched, especially at, well. Once Nicholas Marshall left, we were down to you know I, I was um, assistant manager at Vista um, when it was Wyvale, and um, yeah, we were um, we were we were stretched to the point of trying to keep plants alive. Do you think so? Uh, do you think that's that is pretty much like I always talk about this? And do you think that too much pressure is put on garden centres to to do this? sort of thing like promote oh. this sort of stuff um i don't think there's uh, there's too much pressure i think that the pressure is from the, uh, whoever owns the and um, runs the garden centers that the, yeah. they put the pressure on staff to um to be the minimum possible yeah. and all, all you all you get left with is running around chasing your tail trying to keep plants alive yeah um and you're the last thing you're doing is actually serving customers and uh, advising them on uh, on the best choice for their garden, the the best potting media, the all of those things. Mm. Yeah, it was it, it. You know, Nicholas Marshall, uh, for all his faults, shall I say, um, he wasn't the best boss to have, but he had some brilliant ideas. Yeah, and um, he um, he promoted peat free. He promoted organic gardening. He promoted um, the companion planting. He he did lots of those things and brought those to the forefront. Yeah. And um, even in the caf- uh, cafes and uh, all, all the uh, meat was free range. You know, he he did a lot for garden centres. And then we were uh, um, when I was at Wyville, we were bought out for, uh, by Terra Firma, and we were brought down to the minimum of staff for the minimum amount of time. And that's. Um, that's how it stayed until I I decided not to go back after my maternity leave. Yeah, it was like the downfall of it. Yes, it was a it was a pretty you know pretty decisive downfall for uh, it. It wasn't why I joined um, garden centres to start with. It was um, it, it it got to the point where um, yeah you weren't actually helping the customers anymore. You were just running around trying to keep the uh, big bosses happy. Yeah, you were just selling stuff rather than actually. Um... Well, not even yeah. selling stuff. You were trying to keep everything alive <laughs> and keep everything that was being delivered on trolleys out onto the floor before it was dead. Do you think garden centres yeah. will ever just to stop selling peat? Like, I feel like they're the ones that need to maybe start this. I'd, I'd, I'd love them to stop selling peat. I think, um, I, I, as I uh, Mark alluded to earlier on my uh, message, I don't think it's the garden centre's fault. But I think they are being pressurised by their suppliers, and their suppliers hold a lot of um, um, rain over them, especially with um, Scots, uh, Westland, um, which now own what was Sinclair's. I think they they hold a lot of stock with uh, with them, and um, and I think it's a, a, a form of God sent mafia, really. 
Yeah, because if it's, is it a case of if a garden centre turns around and says, "Well, actually, we don't really want to sell peat," then then these companies would what just pull all of their all their stuff from them or just make life difficult. I no, I think what they do is put the price up of anything that they wanted to buy. Otherwise, right? Okay, that's what I think they do. I don't think uh, it'd be like you take this range. You don't just take the, you don't pick and choose. You take our range. Depending on the size of your store, you take out, you know, if you're a big store, you take out full range. Um, if you're a, a medium to small size, or you take the range that fits, it fits with that. And um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what, yeah, that's what got sold to me as a garden centre manager. So. Such a shame, isn't it? It's, it feels like it's totally lost its, um, I think once that started, like businesses, I hate business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Real why I went self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> Self-employed, I'm in, in charge of my own destiny, not um, not some other. That's the main reason I went self-employed. Working for Wyville would do that to you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. At least I, I, I'm belittling a company that doesn't exist anymore. So we're okay. Yeah, it's okay. They're not going to come after you now. That's <laughs> uh, right. I'm 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 sure Terra Firm will not come after you. They're all right. <laughs> <laughs> They've got enough care homes to look after. Oh, <laughs> um sorry we've got off pete yeah exactly you give it a bit of an insight there it's so true though isn't it it, this really feels like like i've I've been saying a few times tonight is that um it feels like something that's been talked about for such a long time and uh it feels like i don't know like um how do you well, well like you described it mafia type things going down it is yeah it's the peat mafia like when mark spoke to you earlier it's the same sort of thing it's these people have investments they have no um no interest in you stopping buying their product because that's that they bought that as an investment yeah uh they they have absolutely no uh, no, um and they are they are rich people then they're wealthy they're titled they're people that have bought that as like a stocks and shares sort of thing. They've mm. not, you know, they're investing some of their already, you know, expansive wealth into um, peat. And yeah, mm. they're not going to want you to stop using it. There's one thing that money can't buy is uh, saving the world. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other yeah. hand, money does get you to fly to mars so yeah fueling on musk yeah <laughs> so it's, a, it's a tough one isn't it like destroy yeah. destroy the world but you can get a, a plane ticket to mars so exactly and lo- use loads of fuel and lots of energy is creating said thing to get you to mars yeah don't matter but i think got a new planet in we don't worry about it exactly well, we're on mars it's got a new fine. garden center being put up there <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, it, it no, honestly, garden centres have been trying to promote this, and I've been on many um, nursery tours, especially places like Hilliers, Bransford uh, Webs, who have been reducing peat for a long period of time. Mm. But as Mark said earlier, they, it's their, um, there's not enough push. If there was more push from the government yeah. to tell them that this is a no by this point, as in there's no peat by the, um, you know, 2023 they would actually push and do it because they can they've got enough time to sort it out um it's not 
it, it's not an insurmountable mountain that, that they, they're trying to climb here, is it? It's all about watering. It's all about, you know, you know, potting mixes. And they're practically there already. So it's not, you know, it's not, it's not silly. But yeah. it's when people stop selling bales of peat in a random garden centre that, you know, I, don't, I, I just don't understand why it's still sold as a whole bale of peat. No one needs a whole bale of peat. No, that um, feels odd. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But we've found many a little tiny nursery on our way, uh, on our travels, that selling ba- 100 litre bales of peat. And we're like, What's that for then? Fair enough. <laughs> what are you going to use that for? <laughs> what what yeah. can what can the, like the general consumer do you think do who visit like garden centres? Um, what can they really look out for for this sort of thing for like help? For help, honestly, just ask a member of staff. Yeah. If you're unsure, ask a member of staff if you can find them. Yeah. Um, but in smaller um, independently owned businesses, you're you're more likely to find someone. Yeah, but if in doubt, read the label, stand there and Google it. If you're unsure, you know, just we have this technology at our fingertips. Let's just you know check it out. So while um, we were watching you earlier, I was googling William Sinclair, which was our biggest supplier at um, uh, when I was managing garden centres, and they got um, sold to Westland in um, two thousand and fifteen. but in 2010, they had a payout of nine million to stop um, harvesting peat from Lincolnshire, from the government. From oh no, it was Natural England. Sorry. You what? They were given nine million. Nine million. To, to stop. To stop because it was a natural resource that needed saving, as in. So, um, yeah, if you go into the Sinclair Pro website, which is their new name under uh, their new management of Westland, Sinclair Pro were um, were paid £9 million to stop. I think it's Ellesmere Port, as it were. By the government? Yeah, no, by Natural England. Oh, by Natural England. Which is obviously supported by the government as a charity. But, yes, yeah, it was uh, Natural England. That is absolutely this story gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> it's I know. Honestly, honestly, read the thread from Sinclair Pro, and it goes from they're being formed in the eighteen, eighteen late eighteen hundreds, um, right up until present day. This is just the timeline. This would make a great but, book. But <laughs> but they were looking at coir compost in the um, uh, uh, I think it was nineteen ninety. Right. So it's not like they haven't known that this wasn't a sustainable resource. No, for quite a long time. Yes, but yeah, obviously they've known about it for, yeah. Well, they, uh, yeah. I don't know what to say about that, Laura. You've really uh, almost scared me now because I feel like they're going to come after me now. I've started out. What, on... what Westland? Yeah, oh, yeah, I've got a baby. Me. I've got a baby crying. Sorry, Lee. You better get out of here, mate. Thanks, <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanks so much. Nice to speak to you. Bye, mate. All right. All right bye. <laughs> There we go. Um, did she say Mark was crying in the background? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks so much, uh, Laura, for calling in. Um, wow, this uh, this is turned, isn't it? This is this this whole thing. I'll, I'll, t- I'll be honest, with you, it's a bit scary to dip in. 
just dip your toe into, isn't it? Um, nine million. Mark said he'll send me the fridge later. I'd love to see that. See what that's all about. Um, it is a tough. It's a tough one for garden centres, and um, and like I said, like many garden centres, especially in the, the end of the Wildvale days, and there wasn't many people about to even promote it. Um, I definitely feel like I'm in a true crime drama. As if this could be literally turned into a... Um, that's, that's the only one I can think of at the moment. But like a... a I won't say actually. Like a Netflix. No one of them like crime Netflix dramas that go on. Um, this could be definitely turned into it. This is... Bit, this is scary, isn't it? <laughs> um, because because one of the uh, the the things that have, by the way, phone lines are back open now. Oh seven four two three five seven four five two zero. One of the things that has been running throughout night's show, and if you've just joined us, thanks for just joining us at the end. Um, we still got fifteen minutes if you want to call in. Uh, one of the things that um. It's been running throughout tonight's show. Is that whether you try and ban it, you can't do it because there's people in the way of them who get in the way of it. People higher up that stop this. Garden centres. I've always we've not talked about this before, really, but um, but this is I mean this is business in general. It's tough business is if you get people that sell bigger companies that sell peat and you say I'm not going to do that anymore then they're going to make things hard, harder for you garden, garden centers probably have it not all but you know that's what they probably don't necessarily need as a business Absolutely no chance of that, um, them stickers going on in front of in front of him. Them backpacks is there. Big companies don't want to. Um, they don't want to change. Really, I could be wrong. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let me know on the socials. And perhaps you'd like to tune in. This is just the best bits. Imagine the actual full show. We're here on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch. Every Monday to Thursday, 8 till 10. So if you want to come on, if you want to chat gardening, that is the place to be. Thanks for listening. This is a Skin and Gin Gardener podcast sponsored by Flyrose.